This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Here is Libby Snymer. Afternoon and welcome to this free for all Friday. And boy, there's a lot to talk about, and we get to talk about what you want on the agenda. But let me go over some breaking news. So, uh, what do you make of this revelation about what did Ford know and when did he know it? Now, you'll recall the big furor that led to the resignation of the second most important person in cabinet, Rod Phillips, then the finance minister, uh, over the fact that he took a trip to St. Bart's when everybody else was in lockdown and told not to travel. Well, Ford said he was very upset and angry and that he knew nothing about it. Well, as it turns out, he was informed, or at least his staffers were informed uh, by Rod Phillips' staffers, uh, and um, they said he's not going to be in Toronto and available for a month. Okay, so what does that amount to? The, the, his office has released a statement and said, well, you know what? Uh, we didn't ask for any further clarification after we got the message that he wasn't going to be available because the House wasn't sitting and, and it was normal for people to uh, p- uh, participate virtually during the lockdown. Will you Do you buy this, first of all? You get a note that your 2IC, your second most important person, uh, is going to be unavailable for a month, a month, uh, and is going to be away, and it's the middle of a lockdown, and you don't ask where, and you don't know where. So uh, let me ask you folks, are you, do you think this is important? Uh, is this in the context of everything that we're going through something that bothers you? Because uh, like Stephen Del Duca said, it does appear that uh, maybe the premier was not exactly telling the truth on this. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. Forty, And remember, it's coming in the context of uh, the Premier's popularity dropping because of the way the second and the third waves of this were handled. Uh, there's lots of other stuff going on. We are awaiting the long-awaited report of the Commission on Long-Term Care. It's being delivered to the government today. We don't know if it's going to be released today. And we don't really expect any surprises. It comes right after another scathing report from the Auditor General who was on the show yesterday. And it also comes just as the province has decided that they now, or hospitals now, can move patients from hospitals to long-term care without their consent, something that I find scary. 
There's also some good news. Uh, We're seeing the vaccine rollout proceed. By the May 2-4 weekend, every adult will be able to at least sign up to get a shot. Right now, anyone 55 and over can go on the province's website and sign up for a shot, and people over 40 in the so-called hot zones. So uh, it looks like that is finally taking hold, the vaccine rollout. But of course, you know what? It's just the first shot. And where we stand now is that we're still told that we have to wait four months for the second shot, which has a lot of people uneasy because that interval is longer than it is anywhere else in the world. So there's a lot to talk about, and I am going to get right to the phones. Again, the number is 416 toll free one 866 740-4740. And I'm going to start with a first-time caller. Claudio in Rexdale. Hi, Claudio. Yes, hi. Thank you very much. Uh, I, you have beautiful subjects, but the one subject I would like to talk about, I'm a senior. I'm 67 years old, but then I heard that the government is going to give 75 and over uh, bonus. Now, I mean, all seniors should be equally, you know, there. I mean... Why is it uh, 675? How long can you live? I mean, people don't live to 100, uh, basically, you know, like a percentage. So I was just worried about why the 65 and over don't have this privilege. Thank you very much for getting my call. Okay, thanks, Claudio. Uh, I I can't answer for the rationale on that. It was probably a money decision. The only good news in there is that actually centenarians, people over 100, are the fastest growing demographic we have. So uh, if if that's a silver lining, but, uh, you know, Claudio has a point, and I am not in a position to explain the rationale on that. Let us go to... Kathy in Toronto. Hello, Kathy. Hello. Um, so my beef is uh, with the, the, the government pop-up clinics. They're very, very good, and I applaud the government for doing this. However, there has to be a better way. And people are lining up for seven, eight hours. They're going at 4 o'clock in the morning. My daughter went. She spent seven hours there waiting. She saw a lady with children, newborns, and it, and, and it was that day when it was pouring rain. There oh, dear. Did she, did, she, did she at least get her shot? She was one of the very, very uh, one of the last ones because they had to count the people, and she was one of the very last that got a, a sticker to get a shot. Yes, after seven hours, but people behind her didn't get them. I know. Um, and again, I, uh, I, you know, standing out in pouring rain and in uh, bad weather conditions, it's very difficult. And that's a very good question. Yeah. Isn't there a better way to do this? But uh, then there's problems with everything because a lot of people have difficulty with the sign up websites and these pop up clinics are only in certain areas uh, for people of a certain age. And you should be asking that question to your MP. But I I agree with you. Uh, and, you know, the if you want to pull something positive, everybody was worried about vaccine hesitancy. But when you see people lined up like that, you see how important it is to them. And, and good for your daughter for uh, sticking it out and getting her shot. It's important to get those shots. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Kathy. Um, let us go to... 
Wanda in Toronto. Hi, Wanda. Hi, how are you doing? Fine, how are you? Oh, hanging in upside down, thank you. (laughs) Um, No, I really have a major concern, and I cannot get a straight answer from anybody. Um, As you know, Moderna and AZ are very slow in delivering, if they deliver at all, or they cut back. And I cannot get a straight answer from anybody about interchanging vaccines. Specifically, you know, it seems like Pfizer is just flowing. Why not are we going to be able to, because I have a huge concern, interchange it for the second shot? Okay, and and I'm hoping we're going to uh, drill down on this a bit further. So the answer is that studies are underway on whether that is safe and effective. Most of the studies are happening in the United Kingdom, and we should have results and data from that not very long from now, in a couple of weeks. There's also some study happening in Hamilton, I believe. And uh, so we have to see the results of that. But, you know, they the, the clinical trials that approved these things didn't test that. But those tests are underway. And, you know, it's very in, in other diseases like cancer, it's common to mix drugs and it's effective. We don't know in this case if it is safe or effective and that data is coming to us because a lot of people are wondering the same thing. And a, a lot of us, myself included, we got a first shot of AstraZeneca. Exactly. Uh, and, uh, you know, n- nobody could have foreseen that India, which was doing so well, is now having such a horrible, horrible third wave, and they're not exporting their AstraZeneca, which is where our supply was supposed to come from. And, you know, honestly, looking at the situation they're in compared to us, my heart goes out to them. But, you know, we want to get our second shots, that's for sure. Yeah, we do. And I know that they're also experimenting in Quebec in the long-term cares because they're afraid that the older population in the long-term cares can't wait that long. So they're now going to be interchanging. Well, I don't know that they're interchanging. A lot of people in long-term care have already had a second shot. In Ontario. In Ontario. Yeah. Um, Quebec has been different. And there has been studies. I know they're doing it there regardless of what NACI says, because NACI hasn't come in and said, yeah, go ahead and do it. They're just doing it. And I thought, okay, I just want to hear from someone, because I keep hearing from certain doctors. Oh, no, no, you should just stick to yours. And then it's like, well, I don't want to wait six months, and neither would you. Well, you're not going to wait six months. Right now, they say four, and if the supply is better, then they'll cut that back, obviously. Four is a long time. I get why a lot of people are worried about it, but you know what? Uh, uh, To wait a few weeks to get some actual hard data on the result of this, uh, you know, I think that's that's a good plan. It is a good plan. And that, uh, you know what? I'd be willing to be a guinea pig. <laughs> like, well, I'd, uh, you know, if, there's, if you see a call for a trial on this, uh, you I can volunteer. I, there's something going on at McMaster. I'm not entirely sure how it's being conducted there. But you know what? We will know soon enough we're on this and, and I should be doing a segment on exactly where it's at next week. So stay tuned. Awesome. You know what? I really appreciate it. You're amazing. The whole staff, everybody, what you're doing, you give 
peace of mind, even though the answers aren't always what we want to hear, but the show gives a lot of people peace of mind. Well, I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you so much. I appreciate that, Wanda. And you take care, be well, and how about this? Stay positive, test negative. Okay, that's a good slogan. Thank you, Wanda. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, Helen in Toronto. Hi, Helen. Uh, Hi, Libby. Last week you had, I mean, earlier this week you had somebody on who had a problem with the government getting taxed back for three years that was $900. I ran into a similar problem. And you have to keep at it, not like she said, every month or so. You've got to get after them a lot, you know, more regularly. Um, Once they send it to the audit department, I had a call from Winnipeg where the audit department is, and the fellow said to me, well, would you please call me back on my private line? Yeah, you got to be kidding. So I called through the regular line. He was somebody there. He had done the audit, and he said he sent it back or he sent it on. Everything was cleared. I then got uh, on the phone and tried to call to the department that issues the checks. Accidentally, I ended up with the person who actually issues it, and she said to me, well, you know what, you'll get a call tomorrow morning. And I thought, yeah, Uh, the people that call you back, if they call you back, are the ones who will say your check is being issued. It's not. Those people are issuing the paperwork, which then has to go to the person who accidentally answered the phone. And she said to me, well, it'll be three to six weeks. Well, it wasn't three to six weeks, Libby. You you know me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, after the second call, when she said, yes, I recognize your voice, I got it by the end of that week. Well, good for you. Uh, boy, you know, um, it's especially this time of year, Helen, it's not that easy to get through to anyone on the phone. I know. And I don't know if you did your thing before COVID, because that makes everything a lot harder. Uh, yes. I mean, I was I was talking to my accountant and and he uh, it takes him hours to get through on the phone. So, you know, maybe that's something you may want to leave for a week or so. But, uh, you know, good, good for you. And yeah, if if, uh, there's some kind of mistake with the government, you know, good luck getting it sorted out is the message. I want to leave you with one other tip. I had a problem. Um, my mother's got dementia, as you know, and there was a problem, uh, and the accountant was calling in. He could, they wouldn't talk to him. I called them, and they said the reason they can't talk to him is because it's my mother's name, care of my address. And that, uh, they said you can change it. I figured, no, I've worked enough with the government. I really don't want to start up another long-term relationship. So there's another tip for you. Okay. Thanks, Helen. Have a nice weekend. And uh, good reminder, before we go to break, today is the tax deadline. We did do a show earlier this week. We had a number of accountants clamoring for an extension to the deadline, which they did not get. So uh, here's the thing that even if you don't have everything together, file if you owe the government money, because for late filing, there's an automatic 5% penalty. The interest is separate from that. Uh, So just filing, even if you don't have all your information, even if it isn't all together, you'll save yourself that 5% regardless of, of, of what the rest of it is. So that's My tax tip for the day. Right now, we've got to take a break. Uh, Let me give you the numbers before we go to break. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We'll be back 
with more of your calls and your comments on the other side of the break. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this Free for All Friday. There's a lot to talk about. It is your turn to set the agenda. And a lot of people have kind of a one thing on their mind. Maybe it's something we haven't covered. I still haven't heard from anyone about uh, what did Ford know and when did he know it. This has to do with the former finance minister, Rod Phillips' trip to St. Bart's. He was going to be away for four weeks out of the country when everyone else was in lockdown and told not to travel. Well, Ford said he was very upset about this, made it sound like he didn't know, but there are some documents which suggest that he did know. There's a statement from the premier's office saying, hey, we didn't follow up. He said he was going to be available virtually and that was good enough for us. Uh, but the, he w- they were told that he wasn't going to be in Toronto. I mean, wouldn't he have been curious about where the second most imp- important person in the cabinet was going to be during a lockdown? I ask you this. And in the context that he seems to be losing popularity, uh, you know, what do you think it means for him? 416-360-0740, toll free one 866 740-4740. And Eileen in Brampton wants to complain about a different politician. Hi there, Eileen. Hi there. Thanks for taking my call. Well, I think uh, it's about time Mayor Brown has to answer to a few things. I Well, he's got plenty to answer to, but this is my beef. Uh, as of last week's newspaper, I see there's people can apply for a subsidy for rent problems on their properties. Now, not their houses. I looked and thought, how bad can it be if they're going to be subsidizing? The the thing that I find appalling about this whole thing is that I tried for two years, well, actually it started two years ago, to do something about the state of a neighbor's condition of a carport where I'm living. I'm in a townhouse. Three doors away from me is a townhouse that had a fire. The fire department couldn't get in practically to the kitchen where there was the fire because there's a hoarding problem. The disgusting stench that uh, a neighbor told me when they tried to go to the door to complain about something that the neighbor said to their children. But I fought with the city for months trying to get somebody to do something. The most they did was come out and see that she cleared the little part of the property that was adjoining the street. Her carport, I am told, is the same as a garage and nothing can be done about it. Well, I I I, I certainly understand your frustration. I, I think... There are legal limits about what they can do. I'm not really sure about that, but uh, that is kind of one of your nightmare scenarios. If you happen to live next to a hoarder, it's a hazard. And, uh, you know, it's, there's, there's, I think, very little legally. 
that the thing about it is there used to be one time a certain standard you had to keep your property. Brampton has come down so low with that that now apparently people can do whatever they like. And now is there a surprise? There's a rat problem? Well, yeah, thanks for telling us about that. Thank you, Eileen, for your call. Let us hear from Cheryl in Toronto. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, good afternoon. Um, I'm calling about the transferring of patients against their will. Yep. Are you talking Um, about the transfer to another hospital or the transfer to long-term care? Either. I guess another hospital. Um, It it has been going on for years in in Toronto, at least at Mount Sinai Hospital. My mother had knee surgery in 2017. Hours after the surgery, she spiked a fever, like a high fever, had an infection, and they said they're transferring her to rehab. And I said, no, you're not. I'm power of attorney, and she's staying where she is. They just wouldn't let me talk to the doctor. They just had the uh, transport people come in, load her up, and take off with her. Hmm. Um, Absolutely no say. When we got to rehab, the doctor flipped. He said she shouldn't be here. They should never have released her. Um, And what happened then? Well, they had to keep her. It was a month before they figured out what was wrong with her. Um, And at the time, did you make a complaint? No, she didn't want to follow up with that. Okay, well, there... She was very fragile, so I let it go for her sake. Uh, Regret that to this day. Um, Will not darken the doors of Mount Sinai Hospital again. Um, Much prefer Toronto General Hospital. You are treated with respect and dignity and fabulous staff there. Well, you know what? You you can't tar the whole thing. It sounds like, you know, whoever was there, it it often can be one person's mistake. So we can't say, you know, Mount Sinai has an excellent reputation, though, I, you know, what happened to you should not have happened. And um, it's hard sort of four years on to figure out what happened. And, and I understand sometimes you have to let things go just to you know, to make it better. Um, But thank you for telling us about it. You know, there's all kinds of stuff you have to be totally on the lookout for, you know, if if you have an elderly parent or whatever the situation is, you know, patients need to be able to advocate for themselves. Well, they did not want to listen to her or me. And um, not my first problem with that hospital. Okay, Cheryl, thank you. All right. Have a good day. You too. Okay, let's go to Bo in Etobicoke. And Bo, you have an opinion on uh, the news about Ford and Phillips and what did they know and when did they know it? Well, basically, Libby, if anybody that has been in any kind of a business, any company, if you're second in command, kind of a, you, there's no way the people around you that wouldn't know what you're going to be doing. And if they don't, then whoever's in charge, he really doesn't have much credit. He doesn't know how to run the business, which is proven with, uh, with uh, Premier Ford. I voted for him, but tell you, he let a lot of people down. You know, I, one thing, the only thing that he probably is thinking, probably when he's going to get the next meal. Look at the size of him. <laughs> that's okay. We don't have to have, uh, well, you know, uh, well, personal comments on the, on, on the way he, he looks. It's important that when you don't care for yourself, 
how are you going to expect that you're going to care for somebody else? Okay, I think we can stick to the way yeah, his okay. leadership but, is. But, but it's a lie. Definitely he knew. There is no way that he didn't know. And they were close. As far as I know, they were close friends. So like me or yourself, having a close friend, you're not going to tell? Sure you will. I'm, I'm not sure they. Close. I'm not sure they were close friends or are close friends. So, well, uh, but but you, yeah, uh, I, I mean, yeah. it does look like he would have known or he should have known. That's Absolutely. definitely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Maybe that's all I had. Okay. Thank you for that, Bo. So, does anybody else? Anybody else paying attention to this breaking story? Uh, broken in the Globe and Mail that, uh, uh, you know, uh, the chief of staff of Rod Phillips informed the chief of staff of Premier Ford that uh, Phillips wasn't going to be available because he wasn't going to be in Toronto for one month. And the response from the premier's office is, well, you know, we didn't follow up with that because uh, it was totally normal to just be available virtually. Okay. We'll see who believes that. 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And let's go to Richard in Oshawa. Hi, Richard. Hi, Libby. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? I can't complain there. Um, part of my question, I just heard this part on the news, but I, I myself believe that uh, from being in business, he would have known, uh, especially when it's your second-in-command uh, you pretty much know during a pandemic where your people are going to be. But my thing was, too, with the sick days that just came out, uh, the plan, the other day. Uh, last, oh, I guess it was the 22nd, it was a big thing about we're going to have the best sick day program in North America. And the one we got now is basically the taxpayer is paying for it, um, which is, A, we're in a pandemic, we've got to do certain things, but I don't think it's an answer to the problem. I think it was uh, basically an answer to business and big business saying, well, I'm not going to nail you for this money. Uh, before Ford got in, you know, people did have three paid sick days. No, two. Three paid sick days. Two, no two. No, it was three. No, it wasn't. It was two paid sick days that the liberals put in. It was two. It was Uh, two? Okay, because somebody I know worked in a company, they said it was three. Well, you know what? Uh, The two was legislated, and companies, you know, a lot of companies give a lot more than that here. There are five paid sick days, so there you go. And some companies that do do it, um, but I'm finding that, you know, a lot of stuff comes out, but it soon gets forgotten. It'll soon be forgotten, and hey, whatever election time comes and promises are made. But it's really, it's it's a fix for the problem right now, but they need to have a fix. Like, you know, and I've been listening to things, and I'm not totally wise on it all, but, you know, you had um, up in Brampton where you had, I think it was Amazon, that had 126 cases throughout the time. And had apparently 12 tickets, but nobody did anything. Well, apparently, and this is what we're hearing, that that Amazon did pay people who had to self-isolate. But yeah. you know what? With all their outbreaks, they should have had a shutdown. And there is oh, now yeah. a partial shutdown in one of their facilities. So, but this is part of the problems to what's causing the spread, too. I mean... 
it seems that a lot of the things that they're doing, there doesn't seem to be a lot of thought to it. It's like, well, you know, Easter weekend's coming, and it's like I told people way back, we were going to have way more cases when this third wave comes. Well, yeah, and, and the, find- it would, there, there, there is a lot to answer for, Richard. Oh. Thanks for your call. And, and yeah, I mean, this isn't a permanent solution. And yesterday we were talking to Nahid Dosani. He's a palliative care doctor and, and he says people need to have sick days all the time, not just now. And on the other hand, we had Rocco Rossi, who was on side for this particular solution and for solving the problem during the pandemic. And and what he was saying is don't confuse this with a permanent solution, because if you start dealing with permanent solutions, then business won't be on side. So uh, we have a lot of different perspectives here, but this is temporary. The three sick days, the three paid sick days that the government announced, this is in force until September 25th. Presumably it could be extended, but who knows if we'll even be out of this on September 25th. Let me give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. It's a free-for-all Friday, and you know we're talking about a lot of different things Everything from sick days, which we were just discussing, to the latest news about Premier Ford. What did he know? When did he know it? When it comes to Rod Phillips' trip to St. Bart's for a month. You know, it sure sounded like he had no idea and Rod Phillips had to resign, but possibly he knew about it. At the time, I remember he did say that there was something that he knew. He just didn't know the details. So uh, I don't know. We have to sort this out. Let us go to, uh, we'll go to Melanie in High Park. Hello, Melanie. Hi, Libby. Our prayers with Israel and the whole diaspora. This, this, this is horrific. There's so much suffering around the world. But my comment also is if the borders had been shut, and if the uh, liberals had shut the borders, Mr. Trudeau shut it, then nobody could have flown anywhere. So there's responsibility on both sides, but it's such a minute, minute problem compared to us trying to get vaccinated, compared to the injustices that are going on in this world, especially with the army. I mean, how can we have women who are intelligent? Okay, okay, Melanie, thanks. Okay. Um commenting on all the news in the world. Um, it's best to uh, pick a subject and and stick to it so we all can follow what your thoughts are. And again, you can pick the subject. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And let's go to Giovanni in Brampton. Hi, Giovanni. Uh, yes, uh, good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, it's time that uh, not point the finger or anybody or any party. It's time that get together and get the best available people that can do the job. I was talking about maybe for the doctors that under 65, they retire. They should be on the line if they're calling in. 
firefighter, voluntarily call in, policemen call in, and let's get over this pandemic, and let's get the world on normal again. I would say they are in Brampton here. It looks like downtown Brampton is going to get a good city. Nobody down there. And this is my thought. Thank you very much. Have okay. a good weekend, everybody. Okay, thanks for that, Giovanni. And we know that a lot of retired nurses have come back to work. Um, uh, probably there are some retired doctors as well. You know, one of the things that has been said a lot that in terms of covering the ICU, it's not just anybody. They need people who are trained very specifically on very specific equipment and with very specific protocols to deal with COVID-19. And that is one of the issues. We have the military. The military has come in. We also had this situation yesterday at Michael Guerin Hospital where they were afraid that they were running low on oxygen and they transferred patients to other facilities because of that. Now, they said they were doing it as a precaution and it was also something, a problem that was very local. But, uh, you know, we look at India and God forbid, and they have a very hard time. They don't have enough oxygens or they certainly don't have enough of it in the right places. We see these terrible shots of, of uh, desperate family members trying to find oxygen for their loved ones. And it really is just heartbreaking to watch. We have to take another break. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer, a free for all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this Free For All Friday. Let's get right to the phones. We've got Marilyn in Maple. Hello, Marilyn. Hi there. How are you, Lily? My first time calling in. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> there you go. The bell. Welcome. Well, thank you. You too. Um... Yeah, I just have a few comments. First of all, you know, I hear on the radio that people are still walking across the border. Um, so that's a concern. Um, yeah, and with me, for example, you know, like everybody is staying home, trying to observe the rules. And, you know, I haven't seen my sister since December of 2019. So, you know, it's very difficult if you don't see a family member for that long because, you know, she's in New York and I'm here, you know. Oh. So when you hear things about people, leaders of our country and leaders of Ontario, um, not following the rules themselves is very disappointing, obviously. Obviously, um, yeah. Yeah. The other comment I have is I was at a purelator location locally here, and the purelator parking lot was full. So when you're talking about Amazon and cases, you know, rising at Amazon and closing the facility partially, I was wondering how they were going to 
in such a big facility such as Purelate or divide their employees if the parking lot is full of cars. And the only reason why I went there is I couldn't get through on the phone for them to pick up uh, my parcel at my house. So I went there. And so they had the, you know, safe, um, you know, you can go into the facility um, to take your parcel and they're only allowing two people to go to the reception area. But I was thinking, what about the employees? Well, they're supposed concern. to be they're supposed to be following distancing rules. I I haven't heard about certainly any recent outbreak at a, a purulator facility. Yeah, yeah. But it was a concern when I saw the whole parking lot was full, right, of cars, and you're thinking, how are they going to you know put the employees six meters apart in that facility? So that's an interesting thing that's going on right now, where we're not sure, you know. Well, maybe really maybe those. In- Maybe those inspectors will have a look, but so far I haven't heard anything recently about an outbreak. Marilyn, thanks for your call. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. Okay. You have a nice day. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, Steve in Toronto. Hi, Steve. Hello, Libby. Great show as usual. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm okay. Just a quick comment. I had heard that um, they had been moving some patients Again, um, due to the lack of oxygen. But, you know, I'm scratching my head, Libby, because my question is, wouldn't it be easier to move the oxygen than to move um, the ambulance attendants, uh, porters, nurses, and all the staff required? Wouldn't it be easier just to move the the oxygen to where these places may require them? Well, they were running out, is my understanding. This is one hospital, Michael Guerin Hospital, and they said they were never actually at the point, but they wanted to avoid that. So it's a situation where they were running out and they didn't have the next shipment handy. But yeah, generally speaking, is it easier to get more oxygen to a place than move the patients? But uh, you know, I don't I, know, Libby. It 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 just it just you know every time we turn around, something is falling out of the sky. It's just getting it's getting really, really, really ridiculous to the point where I just say to myself, "Is who's managing these things?" It's it's just unbelievable. Well, you know we what I do know. have. To, what I do have to say is that from everything that I have seen. In the course of this, actually, Michael Guerin Hospital has been managing things pretty well and doing a good job and getting people in their community vaccinated with mobile units and, and managing everything. So uh, I, I hesitate to slag them. It's a very difficult situation. But I, I get your point, Steve. Thanks for your call. Right. Moving right along. Annette in Scarborough. Hello, Annette. Hi, Libby. Um, Okay, I just want to make a comment regarding the latest study on the long-term care problem. Um, It's just a a waste of time and effort and money because this is an ongoing problem since I started nursing in the 80s. And rather than than continuing to throw money away for studies that we already know the outcome, let's stop the blame game. I'm tired of it. Let's see some action. Let's see some change for improvement and, and do something about it. Well, yeah, here, here. Uh, people who are on the ground say, you know, there, there has not been much 
that's changed and in terms yes, of lessons 80s, learned? I, I, you know, it was this bad in the 80s and every year and every new term, the same problem exists. You know, some people promise change, but then don't do anything about it. And, uh, you know, at the end of the road, the blame game starts and new studies are, are done and they show the same problem over and over. Let, you know, let's just stop this. I'm tired of it. I, I don't blame you. I, I keep saying I don't think we need another report. No. We know what the problems are. Let's fix them. Yes. And let's let's. But there's you know what? There's two separate issues. There's fixing them for the long term and there's dealing with the crisis. And you know what? I don't think there was enough action to deal with the crisis, and no, I think people no, died. No, certainly wasn't. No, I agree with you 100%. Okay, Annette, thank you for that. Okay, bye. Bye. Ken in Hamilton, hello. Hi, how are you doing, Libby? Fine, how are you? Good. Uh, I'd like to thank Mr. Ford for all the people that are out there that uh, need to do uh, certain uh, curbside uh, pickups, especially the ones that don't have a computer or don't have a credit card to be able to pay for it, so they're out of luck. All that money that the government's been giving people, and people are spending it all the time, those people don't have that advantage at the moment, so I'd like to thank them again for that. And it's making all these... Uh, hardware companies, uh, the biggest uh, years that they've had in a long time. So that's my comment about it. And there's uh, another issue with that. There's uh, some people are tax exempt, and uh, if you have to do a, cert a curbside pickup, you can't uh, do it that way. So it's another issue that Mr. Ford has made into a big problem for people. So thank you very much. Okay, Ken, thanks for that. All right, everyone, we do have a few minutes left to take your calls and your comments. You know, we only had um, one person really commenting on this whole issue involving Doug Ford and what did he know and when did he know it in terms of uh, Rod Phillips leaving the country, leaving town and leaving the country for a month, going to a very luxurious resort in St. Bart's, why we were all told to lock down. Ford made it sound like he had no idea, but maybe he did know. Uh, and does it bother you if he did? The numbers to call, 416 360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. One of our last callers says, you know, she's sick of all of these commissions and reports on long-term care. We all know what the problems are. Just this week, we had the Auditor General, Bonnie Lissick, make a report. And she actually, she actually sort of headlined it saying, you know, nothing in here is going to surprise anyone. We all know this. And now we're waiting for the report, uh, the long-awaited report of the Long-Term Care Commission set up by the government. It is coming out today, but uh, it, we don't know if it's going to be released to the public today. So we get to see more reports. And, and then my question is, what does it take to get it done? Let's go to Marilyn and Lindsay. Hi, Marilyn. Hi, 
Hi, how are you, Libby? Fine, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I just wondered if you knew if if the hospital has to get more beds and they're discharging long-term care patients or alternate level of care patients to either a nursing home or a retirement home, can those homes refuse until those, pa- those patients have had their vaccines? Okay, so... Um the homes have the right to say whether they have the space or not. So I think that they have the option to refuse if, if they don't have the wherewithal to care for those patients. But on the vaccine question, I thought the deputy minister, the minister of health, Christine Elliott, phrased it very cagely. She said, our best efforts will be made to make sure that those patients who are being transferred are vaccinated. She didn't say that there's a guarantee that they're vaccinated. And amid all of this, you know, in the long-term care homes, most of the patients are vaccinated, but not necessarily the people working there. You know, we just saw a heartbreaking story from a woman, her 99-year-old father has been fully vaccinated, but he's not allowed out of his room. Why? Because 25% of the people working in his home are not vaccinated because they choose not to be. Oh, man, we're in a pandemic. There has to be something. Oh, that's terrible. Just terrible. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, and there there's Chaos. always issues of civil rights and civil liberties. And, yes. and the fact is right now, vaccination, your vaccination status is considered confidential health information. So you don't have to disclose it. A lot of people disclose it voluntarily. You know, there's it kind of greases right. the wheels, but you don't have to disclose it. Right. Well, I really feel the government, they pass a lot of things. This is a pandemic. This is, this is emergency crisis. I really think they should get some lawyers to get an act together. <laughs> well, yeah. And uh, it's interesting, you know, next week I will be shooting a TV show, the Zoomer TV, on that very subject, you know, should long-term care workers and other healthcare workers, should they be required to be vaccinated? Absolutely. Okay, Marilyn, stay tuned for that. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Okay, Terry in Wesley Township. Hello, Terry. Hi, Libby. Um, There were comments made about this is not being the time to place blame and we need solutions. And so I just wanted to comment that as part of the solutions to help Ontario and other provinces with major airports, we do need more flights restricted, is my opinion, because also um, there are people that aren't uh, respecting the um, um, isolation in the hotel program. And yes, they're being fined later, but that's a little too late because they're already out into the community. So that's my two cents, because I don't think it's a coincidence that um, the high numbers in Ontario um, are attributed to anything but the uh, flights coming in. I think they play an important factor given the location of the airport. Well, you know, I I don't know how much of it is there, certainly some of it. And, you know, the thing about those fines, the fine is actually less than the three-day quarantine in the hotel. Exactly. So, you know, just on a cost basis, you can see why some people are choosing fines and just 
flouting that rule. Um, Terry, thanks for your call. Thank you. Okay. Don in Stouffville. Hello, Don. Are you there? Hello, Don. Okay. Don is not there. We have uh, very little time left. Joan in North York. Hi, Joan. Hi. I just wanted to praise Ford for everything he has done because all the critics, um, they have lots to say, but they're not in his shoes. And then I agree with the previous caller about the airport. That's the federal liberal government that is not really closing the airport. They've got loops there. So Ford does need some praise. He's not perfect, but uh, maybe yeah, he was going through another pandemic. He'd have a lot more experience and know what to do. But when it's the first time he'd been in a pandemic, does everybody do well in their first time through everything? And uh, does it bother you that, according to uh, some leaked documents, it looks like uh, he knew that Rod Phillips was taking a holiday when everybody else was uh, told to lock down? Does that bother you? Um, Well, Trudeau did it as well. I mean, a lot of them, I have to say, the politicians have traveled. Um, So if he didn't really know, didn't, but again, there's so much going on. How much could he absorb? I guess it bothers me that one of his people couldn't be trusted. But, uh, I mean, that's a big thing. So how many lies do we have going on in the federal as well as the provincial government? That's my concern. Okay, I say there is uh, plenty of blame to go around on all levels of government. Joan, thank you for your call. And thank you for taking it. All right. And uh, that's all the time we have for Fight Back for today and for this week. I'll be back here on Monday. Everybody have a great weekend and there's lots of breaking developments. So keep listening to Bob's News this afternoon. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.